there, podcast listener. I'm DC Benincasa with Missouri Business Alert. You're used to hearing the Speaking Startup podcast here, but for the next couple months, we're going to bring you something a little different, a new podcast called Market Dives. We'll dive into big developments across business, politics, sports, and more, explain the economic forces driving them, and help you understand why they matter in Missouri. We're excited to bring you this new show, and we hope you'll give it a listen. Now here's Market Dives. Missouri ranks second in the country in 2020 in coal-generated electricity, but the state is undergoing a shift away from coal. In this episode of Market Dives, we look at how this transition is going and what a path forward toward cleaner, more efficient energy might look like. Welcome to Market Dives, a podcast that examines big economic stories and explains their effect on the show-me state. I'm DC Benincasa, and I'm once again joined by my co-host, Coleman Mitchell. Ready to talk about Missouri energy? Yeah, let's do it. Like most of the Midwest, Missouri relies heavily on coal. In 2020, coal-fired plants made up 70% of Missouri's electricity production. But Missouri's policies are shifting towards a pivot away from this fossil fuel. Governor Mike Parson signed a bill this summer allowing utility companies to refinance debt they issued to build coal plants and close the facilities early without taking a financial hit. The money they'd get back could then be invested in renewable energy projects. Are power companies committed to this transition too? It appears so, Coleman. Large investor-owned utility companies Ameren in St. Louis and Evergy in Kansas City have each pledged to invest in renewable energy and pivot away from coal. Ameren has pledged to invest $8 billion in renewable energy between now and 2040 and achieve net-zero carbon emissions by 2050. Evergy pledges net-zero emissions by 2045 and retiring almost all of its coal generation by 2040. Well, what are the reasons for this shift? It's worth noting that climate change plays a role in all of this. Everything we're discussing is happening against the backdrop of the planet warming, driven by increased carbon emissions. So that permeates all of this discussion. But I spoke with Josh Campbell, the executive director of the Missouri Energy Initiative, a nonprofit collective of almost 30 organizations focusing on improving energy efficiency and infrastructure for the state. Campbell says market forces are driving the transition. Stakeholders have long held to uh, affordable um, energy being a key component. And so with the cost of wind and solar uh, coming down, it makes it much easier, especially with Missouri's uh, own access to wind and then its adjacency to uh, the wind corridor of, you know, Iowa, Kansas, Oklahoma. Um, We have been able to, our utilities have been able to access um, that wind power for a good number of years and have uh, developed wind as a good um, platform. So, you know, the, mar- the cost of that has lowered, which has made it easier. Campbell also says that a shift in consumer preferences to cleaner energy is causing the transition. The role of climate change has made consumers care about how they're getting their energy. While there wasn't a strong preference before, now extreme weather events attributable to climate change have made consumers prefer cleaner energy to fossil fuels. The other part is the marketplace of both the regular consumer and more importantly, I think, is the uh, corporate consumer has started to uh, look at ways to demonstrate it is um, environmentally conscious um, 
And so they've been requesting for a number of years uh, cleaner power. Uh, so we uh, in this state have been working on trying to find ways to do that. Wind is the primary alternative to coal because of the state's proximity to the U.S. wind corridor. Four of Missouri's neighboring states are among the top six states for wind capacity, according to the Missouri Department of Natural Resources. So, D.C., is Missouri increasing wind energy consumption in this shift away from coal? Yes. In 2020, the state roughly doubled its total wind power capacity from about 1,000 to 2,000 megawatts, which means wind now accounts for over half of Missouri's total renewable energy output, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Advocates for the adoption of renewables also say that diversifying the energy mix enhances energy resilience. Energy resilience? Explain what you mean. Resilience is the ability for energy systems to adapt to change and recover from disruptions in the case of things like natural disasters, deliberate attacks, or inclement weather. That's something which now is being looked at very closely as to how we can improve resilience in the energy sector. So just because we had one major snowfall, you know, everything was shut down for, for 10, 15 days. Many industries were shut down, actually literally shut down. So, so that's something which needs to be avoided going forward. That's Sanjeev Khanna. He runs the Industrial Assessment Center at the University of Missouri, which consults clients on energy use and efficiency. So if energy resilience is so important, how do we maintain or increase it? There are a variety of ways, and most of them involve upfront costs. But experts say investment in resilience will pay off in the long run. Diversification of energy sources is key, adopting more solar, wind, and other renewables. So is an increase in distributed power. Think energy generated by individual users or microgrids, rather than big utilities. And improved energy storage is important. Here's Kana again. So if I am closer by... Now for closer by then you have uh, one option is to start using more renewable energy. Okay, so you have like local wind farms, you have local solar farms. That's one thing. The other thing is that we have to be able to somehow come up with a plan and an investment to create more energy storage possibilities. So we have to become more resilient by first having locally available energy and then being able to store that surplus energy for use in a bad climate event. And with that, we are going to take a break, but we will be back with more Market Dives. And we are back with more Market Dives, discussing Missouri's energy future. We've established that there's a move to reduce reliance on coal to generate power in Missouri, However, Coleman, what's going to happen to coal plants amid that shift? That's the multi-billion dollar question. Josh Campbell from the Missouri Energy Initiative says coal plants can't simply seize production because there wouldn't be enough energy resources to supplement the loss. When we look at an efficient building, we can't say, well, let's just make them all efficient today because what are you going to do with the current building stock? That's the same thing when it comes to um, our portfolio. Um, right now, a coal, an existing coal plant is uh, cheap to run. Uh, building a new one, no one is really doing that here in the U.S. Uh, China is still building uh, new coal plants, but not here in the U.S. So 
you know, we have to have a financial mechanism so you and I, the consumers, aren't burdened with shutting down a perfectly working, you know, billion-dollar facility um, and then building another billion-dollar facility and then having two billion worth of debt, but only uh, benefit of one billion worth of production. We talked earlier about a Missouri law passed this year meant to help utility companies pivot away from coal. It's meant to lower costs on investor-owned utilities to help them transition from coal plants to wind and solar energy. It authorizes the utility companies to apply to the state to finance energy transition costs with the issuance of bonds. Along with this new law, I know we talked earlier about Ameren's and Evergy's pledges to turn to renewable energy. If Missouri pivots from coal-powered electricity, what impact do alternative energy sources have on addressing concerns of increasing costs to consumers? Great questions. Changing the state's energy portfolio could decrease the cost to produce energy in the long run, but requires increased short-run costs to fund the initial investment. Campbell says the most important method to reduce costs is making more efficient use of energy once it's been generated. And how does Missouri stack up as far as energy efficiency? Missouri's total energy consumption per capita is close to the national average, but the state has the third highest energy consumption per capita in the residential sector. Campbell says there are a lot of different ways to improve energy efficiency. If you're concerned about climate change, you're concerned about cost, um, we can do more for our energy infrastructure by um, fortifying our buildings, um, by making them more efficient, uh, both the ones that exist and going forward than, uh, you know, working on the uh, just purely the portfolio side. Um, insulation, um, reflective roofing, making sure we advocate for, you know, uh, better energy, you know, whether it be your uh, smart thermostats, your HVAC or furnace, water heaters, all of those things really do matter. Individual consumers can take those kinds of steps. And people like Sanjeev Khanna at the University of Missouri are helping large industrial users focus on efficiency. He received a $1.75 million grant from the Department of Energy to optimize industry energy practices. That funding allows Khanna to provide complementary consulting services to reduce energy consumption for large polluters. So, so what's happening is that, yes, we are trying to reduce the energy profile of industries. And in the last 15 years, we have been able to reduce the demand by about almost 200 megawatts, which means like three power plants, like the MU power plant generates about 65 megawatts. So we're able to take off about three such power plants. Okay. And uh, we have reduced carbon emissions by over a billion pounds per year. Clearly, there is an interest to move away from coal-powered electricity, but it is much easier said than done. Major shifts like this require joint efforts between stakeholders. That means the onus is on everyone to help create a more efficient, yet resilient energy infrastructure moving forward. As always, thank you to Horse Lords for providing the music for this episode. And thank you so much for listening this week. This is Market Dives, a KBIA and Missouri Business Alert podcast. For my co-host Coleman Mitchell and producer Ian Laird, I'm DC Benincasa. Talk to you next time.